welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Olivia. My name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts. And today we have our little Tay Learning Christmas special. Woo! <laughs> so we are going to be talking about Christmas Tree Farm by our girl Taylor. I'm sure we all know that this song isn't that deep, but this is a fun little episode to help get you in the holiday spirit if you so celebrate. Plus, we have to give you something after making you wait all those weeks for the bejeweled breakdown we're trying to Listen, make up for it we suck a little bit um we're not gonna lie to you we hope that you enjoy it it looks like so far everybody's enjoying it so that makes me happy but hope you enjoy this little bonus episode since this is coming out so close to the bejeweled breakdown yes and it gives you something to do on your way home for whatever holiday you celebrate. So I guess a good place to start is just a little background information on this song. If you don't know much about it, we're trying to tailor you as much as possible about this Christmas special. So Taylor released Christmas Tree Farm during the Lover era. So it has a fun place in my heart because this is when I started to get very into Taylor Swift again after a couple years of a hiatus. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to our personal Swifty journeys episode. Danny and I go into explicit detail about our journey as fans. And I think it's a fun episode. Anyhow, she actually admitted that she wrote this song during Thanksgiving weekend in 2019, recorded it on December 1st, and then released it like all within six days wrote recorded released six days is that insane yes it's crazy how quickly this moved and again I feel like if Taylor Swift had the means she would write something and then mix it record it on that order obviously (laughs) and put it out as fast as she possibly could but there are rules in place normally but Christmas Tree Farm was definitely a unique experience she's just like take it (laughs) yeah so as this point in 2022 we have three different recorded versions of christmas tree farm so we have the normal studio edition and my heart is a christmas tree farm where the people would come to dance under sparkling lights we have the iHeartRadio jingle ball in new york city the live version which is fun It's a Christmas tree farm where the people would come to dance on. And then we have my favorite version, the old timey version. In my heart is a Christmas tree farm where the people would come to dance under. Which the old timey version is such a Taylor Swift title. She's such a nerd and I love her for it. Yeah, she's got sad girl autumn version of All Too Well and then old timey <laughs> version of Christmas Tree Farm. That's also right up your alley. Oh yeah, classical yeah. orchestra and everything. So it's very, it's vibes. Right up your alley for Christmas music that you enjoy. <laughs> and some further background information of Taylor Swift and Christmas tree farms in general. The reason why this is like such a special personal Christmas track for her is because she actually grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Pennsylvania before her family moved to Nashville to pursue her country music career. And she lived on this 11 acre Christmas tree farm until she was about 14. 
And in really early interviews, she would talk about it. I found one from, it looked like debut era. It didn't have a date on it. It was on TikTok. But she was talking about how her very first job was working on this Christmas tree farm. And she was like six years old. And her specific job was to walk around to all the trees on the farm and pick off the praying mantis pods. Because if the tree got cut down and got sent out with these praying mantis pods on them, the praying mantises would hatch in people's houses and you weren't allowed to kill them in this area of Pennsylvania because they were an endangered species. So she went around picking off all the praying mantis pods off of all the trees. And that was her first job. That's so (laughs) cute. I think, I don't know. I, one of my first jobs or actually my first job was working at a fireworks stand that my dad helped run. (laughs) And I had like a silly job of taking around like the little barcode gun and just putting it on random things. And I was like, also, you know, eight, nine years old, whatever. So I relate to that of here's your random job that you will not be compensated for because you are my child. (laughs) I just can't imagine little, little Taylor Swift picking praying mantis pods. I think that's so cute. And that's where she got her work ethic from was the damn Christmas tree farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so clear that Taylor Swift is a nostalgic gal in general. And I think this little backstory really gives some context into why Christmas tree farm is a sentimental song for her, even if on the surface it doesn't seem like it, because I'm sure that growing up on this farm that you know specializes in Christmas really helped to shape how she feels about the holidays. So I like to think that this song kind of captures how she feels about Christmas as a whole. Little fun fact about it is that it is the only song that she produced with British producer Jimmy Napes, who works really frequently with Sam Smith, did a bunch of Tori Kelly music, Disclosure, has done a lot of stuff, but it's the only song that she's worked on with him. And I think maybe the really quick turnaround, like writing it Thanksgiving and then having it out, like (laughs) not even like a week later, Maybe she was like, who's the, who's the nearest producer? <laughs> I need some fun lines now. And of course, like any producer would jump for an opportunity with Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, for sure. And like the day after she recorded with Jimmy, that's when they got the choral singers in to do the finishing touches for the recording. Yeah. I just think that that's a fun fact since it wasn't one of her normal producers. No Nathan Chapman, Jack Antonoff, none of that stuff. And then I guess one more quick fun fact before we hop into the lyrics, Um, the music video on her YouTube channel is a bunch of real home videos from her time when she lived in Pennsylvania on that Christmas tree farm. So it's a really cute, wholesome video too. It's very cute. And you get to see like the moment that she got her first guitar and then her 12 string. And it's just, (laughs) it's a really lovely video because it's like watching history be made low key. Literally. That was such like, an ass kissy thing to say. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Like, listen, people who aren't Taylor Swift fans can give us shit all they want. When we say Taylor Swift makes history, like that's just fact. That's not opinion. It doesn't she, matter if you don't like her. She has left an imprint on the world. And I don't think she's going to be appreciated by like 100% of society until she's gone. I love being around in the age of Taylor Swift and being able to experience this with her, like growing up with her. I agree that I feel like until she is gone and whether that means like literally passing away one day in the far, far future or retiring from the music industry and going to the lakes to raise children with Joe, whatever it is, people aren't going to appreciate her the way that, that they should probably Yeah, on a, on a widespread scale. 
100% agree. So let's hop into the lyrics here. Again, this isn't going to be some crazy analysis like our champagne problems episode where there's a lot of interpretation. <laughs> it's pretty quirky. But it's still fun to break it down. Even when it feels superficial, I feel like I get closer to the song and care more about the lyrics when we do break it down line by line, even if it does seem superficial. That is something that I noticed after we did the This Love episode. I did not have the appreciation for this love that it deserved until we did the analysis of it. So yeah. And even like our analyses don't have to be, you know, oh, this is a metaphor for this. She means this by this. Like we can appreciate like on the surface level, like I love the way she made this rhyme, which is about to be what I say on this first verse. But like (laughs) art doesn't have to have multiple meanings and be just drenched in depth in order to be art. Some of the best songs ever are repetitive and ridiculous. And oh, yeah, you want to read the intro lyrics since you love the way they rhyme? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So Taylor Swift does this thing where she makes words rhyme that like you wouldn't think rhyme. But when she sings them, you're like, I guess that rhymes. (laughs) And this is an example. So we start out with my winter nights are taken up by static stress and holiday shopping traffic but I close my eyes and I'm somewhere else just like magic and it's like this intro that seems different than the rest of the song I like the way that those words rhyme as well Mm -hmm. but the whole idea here in this intro like winter nights taken up by static stress and holiday shopping traffic I feel like it's no secret that while there's that whole like home for the holidays and getting the holiday spirit the holiday spirit literally starts with people trampling each other for tvs on black friday yes it's like the reality of christmas versus what you expect christmas to be Yeah. And I saw somebody tie this together online. Taylor originally explored the changing meaning of Christmas on a Christmas track from 2007 in Christmas Must Be Something More, her first original holiday song that she released to the public, (laughs) where she says, we get so caught up in all of it, business and relationships, 100 mile an hour lives. So caught up in all of it, business and relationships, 100 mile an hour lives. And that's a really excellent way to put like that there's a lot of commercialism and capitalism surrounding Christmas when like the quote true meaning of Christmas or whatever that's in every Hallmark film is (laughs) is magic. She's closes her eyes. It's just like magic. And she's back at a time when it's not about making sure you get the right gifts, making sure that everything is tied up neatly, uh, making sure that you have your tank filled up before gas prices rise for the holiday. It's all of that in one stanza. I almost feel like, too, it's like comparing Christmas as an adult when you're part of the holiday traffic and stressing out to make sure gifts are bought for everyone and they're going to be delivered to your house on time and it's stressful and wrapping them. And then she closes her eyes and she's somewhere else just like magic. And she's back at that Christmas tree farm where she was a child experiencing Christmas. Christmas feels less magical as an adult because we now understand what all goes behind creating the magic that it feels too real now yeah it when feels, you're a kid it feels so magical it feels so magical and so wonderful and then as an adult you're moving the elf on the shelf you're mm-hmm. buying the gifts to hide under the tree you're trying to keep the christmas you're tree santa. alive <laughs> you're santa unless of course you're listening to this and santa's real santa's real santa's mm-hmm. real right yeah yeah there's, the there's a santa off. tracker online like it's legit yes yes the santa mm-hmm. tracker wouldn't exist if santa were not real no mm-hmm so verse one after the intro 
the lyrics start off with in my heart is a Christmas tree farm where the people would come to dance under sparkling lights such pretty imagery <laughs> always her with the sparkles she romanticizes sparkling lights and like it really gives enchanted vibes in my brain Like, I, I imagine, like, fairy lights and just hear, cozy, even though it's cold outside. <laughs> I hear starlight. I hear dancing like we're made of starlight. Obviously, like Olivia said, Taylor grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. I really hope I'm not mispronouncing that. She did live there until she was in her teens. But in July of 2018, she did visit that old home with some of her friends. And I think that might have like kicked up some nostalgia that she tapped into like a year and a half later when she wrote the song. I but totally agree. I can so <laughs> see that. <laughs> she, this girl loves Christmas and maybe it's because her birthday is around Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But like the Lover music video takes place on Christmas. We can leave the Christmas lights up till January. It's alluded to, Christmas is alluded to in the moment I knew from Red. Christmas lights glisten. I've got my eye on the door just waiting for you. Like, it's probably her birthday association. I would say so. Because I'm an August birthday, right? And so like Christmas, I like Christmas, but it doesn't give me the fuzzy feelies. And maybe that's because, I mean, you have a summer birthday too, though. You have a July birthday. So like, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't imagine like having my birthday so close to Christmas. It just would feel like too much at one time. Ooh, fun fact. My uncle's birthday is on Christmas Day. Is it really? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that was like miserable growing up. I always thought that it would be miserable yeah. to have a birthday too close to Christmas. And maybe that's because I was being superficial and I was like, oh, you only get one set of gifts. My family would try to get him like a birthday gift and a Christmas gift, but like that's hard and... <laughs> it's really hard I think the, the only way to do that is to have like tandem gifts like things that relate to one another like oh I bought you this I, I, this is gonna be so 2000s I bought you a DVD player for your birthday and then the next week's Christmas where I got you a surround system to go with it I know that was so 2000s it was the first thing that came to my brain okay I got you a DVD player <laughs> I got you a DVD player <laughs> I didn't even say blu-ray so the next lines in the verse, bundled up in their mittens and coats and the cider would flow and I just want to be there tonight. This makes me wonder if they hosted like events at their Christmas tree farm and this is where her memories are coming from or if she's kind of making this up for the sake of the song. I don't know. Hosting events would make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I could imagine them hosting events. I mean, they have a farm. It's Christmas time. It's a Christmas tree farm. It would make sense. It's a good advertisement, I feel like. Yeah. And like, even if it's just the family bundled up in mittens and coats and drinking cider, like it's still mm. a memory. Exactly. Next, she sings sweet dreams of holly and ribbon. Mistakes are forgiven and everything is icy and blue and you would be there too. It's so pretty. Okay. I know. I know we talk all the time about how her imagery is so beautiful and detailed. And I love that everything's icy and blue and you would be there too. Line so much. And uh, part of that's the way that she sings it. But yes. I love it. I really like that, you know, she's creating this imagery of this borderline fantastical Christmas escape. 
but she does kind of ground us in reality. I feel like it's like it's sprinkled through the song. Mistakes are forgiven. We've all listened to Midnight's. We all know that she thinks she's made countless mistakes in her life. And she's saying that that doesn't matter because this isn't reality. This fantasy in her brain is not reality. Mistakes are forgiven. She's getting away from the traffic and the static. See, I really like that interpretation because I didn't hear it as like a fake world in her brain, even though that's what she's painting for us. What I immediately jumped to was mistakes are forgiven because it's Christmas time. Like, of course, mistakes are forgiven. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I mean, your mistakes and your problems don't go away at Christmas. They might just be deeply subdued. Regardless, I really like the pre-chorus. See, look at us. We're even doing like multiple interpretations on freaking Christmas tree farm. (laughs) Hey, and then I I didn't think I was going to disclose this, but I'm going to disclose it. Danny and I did not do our analysis ahead of time this time. We usually do our analyses ahead of time. We're winging it. So I'm impressed. I'm pretty impressed too. Maybe we should we, do this more often. Maybe we should. <laughs> we usually put in the work, but we're like, it's Christmas tree farm. It'll be fine. <laughs> so we jump into the chorus where the lyrics start with under the mistletoe, watching the fire glow and telling me I love you. I hear under the mistletoe and I hear freaking Justin Bieber again. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'm a be under the mistletoe. We were just talking about this before we like started recording. <laughs> it's Danny's favorite um Christmas song. I that is not my favorite Christmas song. I'm gonna get <laughs> we roast it online. No, it's it's just I have nostalgia because my sister Kate would play it for like an entire month leading up to Christmas during high school. It was always freaking the mistletoe album, always. Jay Beebs. <laughs> I've also never kissed under the mistletoe. Matt, can we I kiss under either. the mistletoe? <laughs> looks like that's gonna happen you know this is just me assuming too this is she wrote this during the lover era who is she cuddling with her, her boo joe alwyn a <laughs> uh, fun little like just tied together from songs from her past uh in the 2007 song the christmases when you were mine that mm-hmm. she had put out the lyric is please take down the mistletoe because i don't want to think about that right now Please take down the mistletoe. Oh my god, that's like that. If that doesn't scream like pre Joe Taylor versus post Joe Taylor, oh man, I didn't know that uh, mistletoe had ancient Greek origins. Evidently, it symbolizes peace and reconciliation. But now you just reconcile your mouths together underneath mistletoe. Oh god, I didn't like that phrase. That gives me the ick. Whoa, reconcile your mouths. I was <laughs> I hate that. I was just trying to be clever, but I'm not Taylor Swift. But Taylor comes up with shit like dance under sparkling lights. And I'm over here like reconcile your mouths. <laughs> Woo! Oh my god. Okay. All right. Isn't mistletoe bad for cats? I think so. I don't think it's deadly though. Like I think it'll make make them throw up oh cool (laughs) so it's not nice but i don't think they're gonna die but fact check always fact check yes the chorus finishes up with just being in your arms takes me back to that little farm where every wish comes true he brings her home quite literally (laughs) and metaphorically i think it's so sweet the line where every wish comes true. She wished for a guitar and got it. She wished to move to Nashville to pursue a a country music career and got it. She pursued the country music career, got it. 
She pursued the pop music career. Got it. Like she's just manifesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need her manifesting journal so I can like, copy it. Right. Like Pennsylvania, this little Christmas tree farm is where her wishes and dreams began. It's amazing. So verse two, in my heart, there's a Christmas tree farm. There's a light in the barn. We'd run inside out from the cold. In the town, kids are dreaming of sleighs and they're warm and they're safe. They wake to see a blanket of snow. Oh, okay. So I don't like the cold very much. In fact, I I truly, truly dislike it. And I saw a tweet the other day that said, the reason that you hate winter is because it looks like this and not this. And one was like a version of the city with cars and it's muddy and gross. And the other version was like this beautiful European-esque town where the snow is falling and it's so delicate and beautiful. That is the way that I guess I saw winter when I was a little kid. And then as I got older, that got so tainted. So the imagery she's painting here of like, dreaming of sleighs and the kids are warm and they're safe and there's blanket of snow and that's exciting I woke up to a blanket of snow this morning and I wanted to cry and too I have like so many fond memories when I was a kid of playing outside in the snow for hours hours I'd come in and warm up because I couldn't feel my fingers and as soon as I could feel them again I'd get dressed and go back outside I would like dig igloos out of like big piles of snow I'd sled all the time I had so much fun and now I'm like I don't want to go outside to take the trash out (laughs) literally I wish that I could go back when I was like 15 I was like trudging through the snow I was not well prepared for it I saw a pond like in way out and somewhere on my parents property there was a pond that was frozen over and I was like oh I wonder what it's like to like slide around on that and I fell through the freaking ice and I was fine like I just trudged my way back to the house but I was like it's fine it was so much fun and now I'm like it's negative 28 degrees outside and there's snow I still touches my ankle and I scream it's too much it's too much I don't know why that has changed as I've gotten older, but this song makes me hate cold and snow less. And I feel like too, right now you're living in Kansas city, like in the city. So there isn't really any space to appreciate the snow. And you're right. Like in a city, it, it melts because of the salt and it gets muddy and gross and it's just cold. Like there's nothing fun to do. Guys are like mid us. So when it does snow, it'll snow and then it'll warm up and melt. Yeah. like immediately like if you want to appreciate the snow you have to go out the same day whereas up in Michigan up north if you will the snow hits and sticks so like in Detroit our big city like we have a, a ice skating rink that doesn't melt on us and you know it's just it, it melts too quickly on you guys you're trying to sell me on Michigan again Olivia yes <laughs> we could go ice skating during the winter I'm and really bad sparkling lights I'm really bad at ice skating, but I am good at dancing under sparkling lights. So, you know, a lot and it's okay. We go into another pre-chorus kind of of the pre-chorus from earlier, a kind of repeat. It's an exact repeat. Yeah. (laughs) Of the pre-chorus for earlier. So we don't have to go through that again. I think the chorus is the same again, too. Under the mistletoe, watching the fire glow and telling me, I love you. Just being in your arms takes me back to that little farm where every wish comes true. I feel like oftentimes Taylor's choruses will have like a single lyric different or something that makes it different. Yeah. But I don't hate when she doesn't. She follows the the classic song formula pretty well in this one. She goes into 
her bridge again not as dramatic as the champagne problems bridge the last song we analyzed <laughs> crazy can you imagine she's like doing all this like really like superficial christmas stuff and then she hits us with a champagne problem style bridge <laughs> that's whiplash so the bridge says and when i'm feeling alone you remind me of home oh baby baby merry christmas and when the world isn't fair i pretend that we're there baby baby merry christmas to you Again, I think that in the when the world isn't fair is a reference to like her 2016 Kimye experiences where the world wasn't fair to her and Joe saved her from the world not being fair and she could create a home with him that's safe. That's like a recurring theme in her all of her music. The flashback to like the look in your eyes when you first heard Labyrinth the, thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn I just, I don't know. I love their story of how she, the world really burned her and she found safety and comfort with him. And I love the way that she creates art out of that experience. Like you built a fire just to keep me warm after I was locked out of the kingdom. Like what the fuck kind of imagery? It's so pretty. I think that until somebody has a relationship that feels like this, it's hard to paint, but when you feel really alone or you, you're homesick and then your person's there, you're suddenly like less homesick. Yeah. Yeah. The world wasn't fair uh, and it rarely is. And in 2016, it was incredibly unfair to her, but she got to close her eyes and she's with Joe and everything's okay. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter that she's not literally home. Exactly. And I just love that these motifs come out even through her Christmas music. It makes it feel a lot more personalized than just a generic Christmas song to me. Well, then it kind of goes into a classic generic Christmas song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back, we're under the mistletoe, watching the fire glow, telling me I love you. And then lots of oh, baby, baby, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that just keeps repeating. And she says, I love you again. And then again, and it ends on I love you. That's so cute. So wholesome. What a beautiful Christmas song. Let's put in some work to make this a Christmas classic. The old-timey version, I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, now that we've gone through the lyrics, we can talk a little bit about the critical reception, which, again, this is during the criminally underrated Lover era. And even though Lover was like a commercial success and a critical success, it does not get the love it deserves. does not. I'm still bitter. I think I really think that you're right when you say that it was an album that needed to be toured the same way that Reputation was. And since Loverfest was canceled and then she jumped right into folklore, it was robbed. (laughs) <laughs> you ranked Wildest Dreams third on your your TikTok recently, and your boyfriend was like, Wildest Dreams was robbed. No, Matt, you know the definition of like a Taylor Swift thing getting robbed. It's the lover era. <laughs> Christmas Tree Farm was received incredibly well. Variety's Chris Willman labeled the song homey and hearthy which is a really (laughs) cute way to put it and said that the rich production and heavy orchestration results in maximum holiday glee. (laughs) It's true though. It's so cute. Alyssa Bailey of Elle described it as an infectious pop song, but a personal holiday track and called it jolly and romantic, which (laughs) is what it is. And then Mitchell Mendez of Elite Daily 
complimented Taylor's songwriting, saying that she is, quote, one heck of a songwriter and that the lyrics to the song will make anyone feel nostalgic for holidays spent at home with family. I really like this one report from the New York Post saying that the breezy single is an enthusiastic love letter to a soulmate who brings a sense of yearning to Taylor's heart. I agree with that one the most, for sure. Cosmopolitan picked Christmas Tree Farm as one of the 75 best Christmas songs of all time, but Hollywood Life ranked it as the second best Christmas song of all time, placing second only to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. That's fair. I'm yeah. sorry, Taylor. Like, it's not All I Want for Christmas Is You. That song's a banger. That song was a banger, and it knocked Antihero out of the number one spot. You know what? If we're going to give up number one for Taylor Swift, it, it better be All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. It freaking better be. <laughs> uh, in its opening week, it got 7.7 million streams, and it debuted at number two on the Billboard Digital Songs chart. The song did re-enter the charts in the 2020 Christmas season because obviously it's a Christmas song the same way that All I Want for Christmas is You is going to all the way up until the end of time. Mm -hmm. And she did perform it a couple of times, including the 2019 Jingle Bell Ball in London. And she performed it on her birthday at the iHeartRadio Z100 Jingle Ball in New York. Basically, well-received. And if it's not in your rotation for Christmas bangers, it absolutely yeah. needs to be. And if you're a Taylor vinyl collector, there is a Christmas tree vinyl in circulation out there. It comes back on her store every now and then during the holiday seasons. It's a 12-inch picture disc. And on one side is a photo of Taylor when she was young and on the Christmas tree farm. And that has the studio version. And then on the flip side, there's like this little, it looks like an embroidered title of Christmas tree farm, very Christmassy. And on that side, there is the live version from the Jingle Ball. So that is out there if you are a vinyl collector. Probably worth collecting. Yes, I have it. <laughs> I snagged it on her store last Christmas. So always pay attention during Christmas time. Pay attention during her Black Friday sales. Whenever she drops that holiday merch drop, it's usually in there. We do have some sad news if you didn't catch it. Well, probably sad for you maybe, but for us, it's a well-needed break. After 30 episodes of Tay Learning, this is our 30th episode, and it is yeah. the end of season one. We figured, um, you know, we wouldn't have a ton of time to do a lot of research during the holidays. So we're going to take a couple week break and come back soon. We should be back mid-January. Do we want to tell them what season two is opening with or keep that as a surprise? Yeah, let's do it because I think it's a good one. Let's do it. We're coming back in with our next installment of The Muses and we're going to be focusing on Taylor's longest term relationship before Joe Alwyn, which was with None other than Calvin Harris. Y'all have been requesting it on the TikTok. We see you. We hear you. We know you love the muses. So the muses Calvin Harris will come back to you mid-January, I believe, is our goal. Yeah. I'm excited for this one because I don't know much about their relationship at all. I know some not enough to feel confident yet in talking about it. So that will be my research. That's yeah. my homework over the holiday break. Exactly. What did you tailor in this week? I learned that young Taylor picked off praying mantis pods off of all the Christmas trees at the Christmas tree farm. That is so cute. 
so cute. I, Taylor, learned that she worked with the producer she's never worked with before and hasn't worked with since on this song. And again, I'm assuming it's just because she wrote it and was like, I want this out ASAP. Who's available in London? Yeah, panic. <laughs> <laughs> and there he was. That's what I learned. Happy holidays. There are 29 major holidays between November 1st and January 15th Amazing. for seven major religions. So Merry Christmas, blessed Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah. Just to have happy great holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy New Year. This year has been just awesome. And we've loved sharing all 30 episodes with you. Thank you so much for giving our podcast a chance and listening to us. And we really appreciate all of you guys. As always, please reach out to us. We love hearing from you. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Tay Learning Podcast. Um, slide in our DMs comment on our videos let us know what you think you can also email us at taylearningpodcast at gmail.com and we hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season just as our own little spotify wrapped real quick we did count today and we are in 47 states including the district of columbia how many countries are we in 64 are you kidding me 64 (laughs) countries thank you so much for listening we love having you here and we can't wait to grow this community in 2023 yes we'll see you next time for this week my name is danny and i'm olivia happy holidays season one i know 30 freaking episodes i can't believe we've been doing this consistently since june turns out we're good at this and we like it and we like each other still i'm tired but like the reward is good